DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time now to talk with David David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David Locke joins us now. He's here every week. He's brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Let's talk college sports. This is so fascinating. <laughs> Name, image, and likeness. It's a chance for, I love it. chance for entrepreneurs to go in any direction they want. <laughs> you are an entrepreneur with your podcast network. You set it up. You grew it. You did really well for yourself with it. What would you tell the 20-year-old athlete? And as the parent of young athletes, what would you tell the 15-year-old? It's interesting. I, I think telling the 15-year-old's the hardest, right? Because here I have, been, you know, I'm parenting a 16-year-old, and a lot of our conversations are all about social networks, and here you have the two Fresno State players that have got their TikTok following that suddenly go and, you know, get themselves a big deal. You've got the Jackson State volleyball player, got the barstool deal, and unfortunately none of, neither of these seem to be a great deal about their athletic prowess. It has to do with their being female and being attractive. So you're reconfirming all sorts of bad social image issues that happen to girls because of social networking and making it seem like social networking is more important. I actually, it's interesting you phrase it like that, though. The one downside I see on this is, is really what it does to the younger kids and blows up the importance of your social network following as being really important. We dealt with it with our son a tiny bit that he lost a ski sponsorship or two early on in his career because we didn't let him have social networks and he wasn't involved in them. And so he didn't have enough followers to qualify for various things that you can get in the ski world. Um, so I've kind of dealt with it a little bit and, you know, we just decided that that was the right, you know, parenting long-term is more important than getting cool jackets and cool stuff. Um, but it's hard. I think that's the hard one. Otherwise, I mean, I think the answer as an athlete is you, you, you take in these opportunities. The time consumption on it is, is a real issue. You better be careful about what you're doing. And you better make sure you don't do anything to damage your brand for a long period of time. And I thought some of Don Staley's tweets about, you know, better have accountants and better have all sorts. It's real. You're in business now at a young age. So, um, you know, I think, I think those things, from an impact of a large, my question is what I think it does to the larger picture college football. And, and my theory is I think it, it evens out the top 20. I think it'll be really – I actually think it's going to be really good for the competitive balance of the game. Everyone's saying it's going to be bad. I actually go the other way, which is we don't really have competitive balance right now. We've got five or six teams that have a chance to win a national championship every year. I think that number could go to 20. Right now, you know, there's 65-star recruits. 35 of them are going to Alabama and Clemson. You know, when someone offers a better deal now at those other places – I mean, not like they weren't getting paid already, but gets, you know, even more openly better deal. Then I, I'm not sure that 35 of those 65-star recruits are all going to Alabama and Clemson anymore. Okay, but how is that going to happen when you say they're offered a better deal because they haven't been there yet and the school's not supposed to be involved? It's supposed to be something that you do on your own. So it seems like it would lead even to more corruption, and the corruption's already rampant, so I'm not sure how that is actually executed. Well, we can't have more corruption, TK. <laughs> well, we can. We cannot have more corruption. <laughs> so now we can have... 
open capitalism for athletes to be able to sell their name and likeness rather than the school being the only one that profits up. I mean, what's interesting is I heard yesterday, and I'm making a bunch of calls on it because, frankly, from a lockdown standpoint, it's important to us, so we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with it. Like, I made a bunch of calls to people around college sports yesterday. I got a different answer on every single time I called. Like, and what I think is really interesting is while the universities are not supposed to be involved, I have heard that the players have to sign some sort of an agreement with the university that frees the university of any liability to these sponsorships. So, I, you know, the, the answer to your question is, I'm sure in the recruiting process, it'll be mentioned, hey, in our past quarterback had these um, endorsements and our past running back had these endorsements. It's not necessarily saying you're going to get them, but our past one did. Okay. So, I'm sure that that'll be taking place, and I think that'll be – I actually think that'll level the playing field. The other one I think is really cool is Patrick Kinahan, the huge baseball Arizona State baseball fan, hits it big, right? So you now have millions, PK, and you decide, you know what, I want to make sure that Arizona State is in the College World Series every year in a powerhouse. You probably could do that. Maybe baseball's too big, but if you really decide, like BYU women's volleyball is pretty darn good, but let's say you want to make sure it's really good, and that's your passion, is one of these Olympic sports, I think individual boosters and bringing together a collection of businesses that now endorse those athletes suddenly can take an individual program at a school as a passion project and turn it into something great. It's just going to be more a social media play, more a retail advertising play, or more an entrepreneurship play. How's this going to go in the long run? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, it's just an equation, right? I mean, I'm doing it. We're trying to figure out it locked on. Like, if are we allowed to go suddenly? Who's the new BYU quarterback? Who's the new Zach Wilson? I don't know who's starting BYU. Uh, they haven't they haven't named one yet. It's Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, or uh, Jacob Conover. They're the three guys right. who are competing. So, like Jay Katz on Locked On Cougars, suddenly creates a deal with Baylor Romney to come on the show for X amount of dollars every week and becomes a regular on Locked On Cougars. To how many listeners does he bring in? What's the value of a listener to us? Is it worth it? Like that's the equation I'm doing every day right now. Right, we discussed that with Tom Homo. That very thing does if Jaron Hall wins the deal, does he have a, a deal with Channel Two to give an exclusive interview after every game? And what did Tom Homo say? He acknowledged that it could happen. It's an interesting concept that the player can now be exclusive, and so the sports information director tells him he's got to do media. Says I can't do it. I'm not I'm getting paid by Channel Two. That that's what we were discussing. We're going yeah. to areas and, that and could potentially happen. I've already I've already talked to a current sports information director who said so when you walk in the locker room after a game and you tell the three to five players you're going to the podium, do the sixth and seventh players look at you and say, You're killing me, you're quieting my brand. I need to be out talking to the media. Yeah. And they acknowledged yeah. they acknowledged, yeah, we gotta figure all that stuff out. And maybe they just take everybody to the podium now who's requested so they can tell the players, well, you weren't requested. Maybe it's a 
good day for the media, and they'll suddenly realize they can't hide their players because their players want to be out. Possibly. Players are now. Well, some why, of them why should a play, Wait, why should a player go to the podium anymore? Why shouldn't the player sit in the locker in his locker room and do an Instagram live and hold his own press conference after the game? Well, and then get all the followers on his account. If you're if you're trying to get all the followers, you can. You would do both. Right. Hey, I'm doing hour after every game. I'm doing Instagram live. Take your questions to fans and media. Yep. Then you just have the media go to Instagram. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I mean, we already go to team websites and and to Zoom calls, and and you already see. Uh, if someone tweets out something that's newsworthy, everybody's running with it. It's embedded in stories. Sports Center's got graphics for it. NFL Network's got graphics for it. I mean, everybody's on it. Yep. It's almost like a team should say, you know what? We're just going to let the players do their own stuff. Go. We're no longer involved. Uh, and from that perspective, but then they, what we're seeing now and has been ongoing is schools are producing their own content. Um, you know, the, the interesting one is my understanding is that if you have a brand, if Channel 2 has any relationship with BYU, then you can't do that deal. Which is really wild. So you almost have to not have a deal with the university to be able to do the deal with the players. It's all to be figured out. Where is this kind going? Of, it's kind of great. Not kind of great. It's a hundred percent great. Potentially, I love it. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> right? You know what? Like PK, the other, like it's the same way I feel about the transfer portal. Sure, it's not perfect, but what we had before was obscenely no, wrong. I agree with that, and I get that. But let's go right back to what you said earlier about the first deals are for female athletes and it's reinforcing body image issues. And that's not only critical for that person, for that, in some cases, kid, right? Because there'll be high school athletes uh, who could be exploited or, depending on your point of view, benefiting themselves. But the message that gets spread to other kids, you know, the unintended consequences are huge. I've raised a daughter, you've raised a daughter, PK's raised a daughter. It doesn't impact just the one kid. Right, but that's not, I mean, 100%. I'm with you 100%. 100%. And David Portnoy is like, you know, making hundreds of millions of dollars on exploiting women. Like, that's his deal. But that's been going on in society forever. And until society backs off, it's not the, that's not the fault of name, image, and likeness. That's the problem of the way we've treated women in our society for hundreds of years and continue to do so. And until, you know, someone decides to not support the people that are doing that, that's the issue. It's not name, image, and likeness. It's the unfortunate reality. You know, someone's got to decide they don't want to support Barstool because of what Barstool, if they're raising a daughter and they're supporting Barstool, I ask you to check yourself. All right, how about a little jazz content, David? Mary Connolly said something on Instagram if you want to just go with this whole theory. Like, All right. What do you got? No, I mean, I'm joking, but oh, like okay. Mary Connolly tweeted <laughs> out an Instagram picture of them packing up from Utah. Like, well, of course, because they live in Columbus. But it, like, created, like, this firestorm. So I, like, 
I just was laughing more about like you know the media all at Instagram oh, and us reacting. So Mary Conley must be Mike's wife. Yes. yes. Okay. Right. So we're going down. We're going down the the whole Gordon Hayward Celtic jersey, uh, whatever. Ho- uh, what holiday was that? Was it Halloween or I don't remember. It was some holiday. Oh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. It was St. Patrick's right. Day. Yeah. Accidentally yeah, I mean, breaking Clancy, the news. Mary Clancy is an Instagram influencer, so like she has, she's done name, image, and likeness for herself, and very good at it, frankly. I mean, that's actually on the simplest end of this conversation. Like whether an athlete goes in, like the idea that an athlete, the previous idea that an athlete could not be an influencer because they were playing sports, the fact that this guy couldn't do country music concerts because he was an athlete. It's just the most absurd thing in the world. So while this may not be perfect, there's nothing worse than what we have. I agree with that. Yes, absolutely. We're up for it. We're just acknowledging there's unintended consequences. We don't even know what they are. Right, we don't. They are so unintended. We yeah. we can't even predict right now. We're going to sit here six months or a year from now and go, wow, that turned into a deal. Didn't see that coming. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as bad for competitive balance as everyone's making it sound. I, I agree with you on that. If for no other reason, then how much worse is competitive balance going to be? In football. So. Right. In, in football, right. there's six teams fighting for four playoff berths, and Alabama and Clemson are even among those six, are cut above the other four. You know, Ohio State and Oklahoma are trying to get there. Notre Dame's trying to get there. But why is a five-star risk risk not being the guy? Why not go here and be the guy? As opposed to being, you know, a backup or the fourth-best defensive lineman and getting no run. We'll see. Right. 100%. Right. And, you know, hey, USC and UCLA have already had every advantage they possibly could have had for the last... 20 years and they haven't profited off them, so why believe they're going to now? Like, if you're, if you're a poorly run athletic department, you're a poorly run athletic department. Like, you're not going to suddenly figure out how to do this if you can't figure out how to do everything else. Stanford will have an advantage. They'll, their kids will be getting paid in shares of Google so and Amazon. So They already are. I mean, come on. Like, let's be honest about it. Stanford's athletes are getting fabulous jobs right out of college. Is that any different than what we're talking about right now? Like, your summer internships are preset when you go to Stanford as an athlete. Uh, the difference being we live with that and we accept it because they've earned that right. Right. They went the hard way and they got it done. Right. So good for them. Right. All right, we need one jazz nugget for the jazz fan who tuned in for this and got a lot of college sports. Um, with, with the change, I'm curious, with the change now at the top of the organization, are we going to see a subtle or maybe not so subtle shift to the five-out lineups and having those available for the minutes that Rudy Gobert is off the floor? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of our focus is on you know, what happened to us defensively, and it should be, frankly. Uh, But I think the story of the playoffs has been roster versatility. Though, frankly, Phoenix doesn't have a great deal of roster versatility. They have enough, though. They play Dario Sarge as their backup center, and if they had had to play him more than eight minutes a night, if Aiton hadn't been such a force, they could have. Um, Most teams right now have Atlanta has it, Milwaukee has it, Brooklyn has it. Uh, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid's so prominent that they don't really have it, but I, 
But I think their backup center by uh, well, their backup center should be Ben Simmons, but that's a different issue. Um, you know, they have roster versatility. You know, Golden State didn't have roster versatility. They couldn't go big. So, you know, in both directions. But I do think that what you'll probably see this year is a movement toward a little bit more roster versatility by the Jazz if they're able to do it. And so that means personnel change? Yeah, I mean, right now we really can only play one way, um, which is fine. Like, in that, you know, and I think that was Dennis's signature was – and he even said it. Like, if you go back to – I asked Dennis and Justin in a press conference – last year about whether or not they believe in wanting to play defensively in multiple different facets or if you're better off being able to play 48 minutes the same way. And I thought after drafting Azubuke, I interpreted Dennis's answer as saying that he really believed in playing 48 minutes in a similar style the entire way, which if you look at our centers, they're all three of them are the exact same style of players. And so that led us to playing, you know, drop big defensively. We didn't have a lot of options to switch one through five. And offensively, you're playing a pick-and-roll roll game, not a pick-and-roll pop game. There wasn't a great deal of roster versatility. And, and my understanding from that question that I asked Dennis at the press conference, and I apologize to him if I'm misinterpreting what he said, was that that was by design. Now, maybe I misunderstood, so i got to be careful, and it was six months ago. Um, but that was my understanding at the time, was that that was by design. It made sense to be by design. But as the year has evolved, I think what we're seeing is more roster versatility from teams, and so if the Jazz can do it, I think they'll try to create more roster versatility. And how do you think they go about that, then? I don't know. Me either. Veteran exception, draft pick seem to be the two obvious. I mean, we, there aren't a lot, like, we, we, that's probably the issue that has to be confronted the most by the fan base and ourselves is that there just are not that many levers to pull right now. So even ignoring the luxury tax impact if you, if you sign someone, and Ryan – and Ashley Smith have shown the willingness to do that, you know, which I find, you know, I guess it's impressive. I, I'm never sure what I think about luxury tax. Like, from a financial standpoint, it's so prohibitive, I have a hard time calling it impressive, right? It's a, it's a commitment. Let's just call it that. Like, it's a clear commitment. Um, the, but because you're in the luxury tax, you don't have the mid-level exception. So when you go out to the free agent market, you don't actually have full mid-level. You only have taxpayer mid-level, which is a smaller number which makes it really hard to sign kind of a mid-level free agent because everybody else who's not in the tax can give that mid-level free agent more money. So that kind of takes a playoff. We can't trade a draft pick until after the draft. We could draft the player and then trade the player once we acquire it, but we can't trade a future, any future draft picks until Memphis exercises the pick that we did in the Mike Conley deal. So that lever's off the table. Then – you know, then frankly, because you're in the tax, you have less margin by which you can make trades in what your window is of matching those salaries. So that's off the table. So now the moves that are on the table are a late first round draft pick, which is pretty unlikely to contribute for a really, really good team. And, and then minimum veteran salaries, which have turned out to be very prosperous for teams, but we've got to prove we can go get them 
you know, the Reggie Jacksons of the world that were on the scrap heap that they went and got for the minimum. The, you know, some other, Brooke Lopez, frankly, coming out of L.A. was about as low level a contract as you could get. That was a great move by Milwaukee two years ago. They've paid him since. And then the last piece of the puzzle is trading your play, current players. Like, as much as we love Boyan, Joe, Jordan, Mike, all these guys, and it would be negligent not to, you've got to run around the league and find out. And, like, like I'll throw one at you and tell me what you think. Like, at first it sounds terrible. Joe Ingles for Larry Nance Jr. No. <laughs> Jacking up our radio show. show, dude. Right. But, like, so I think Joe was unbelievable this year. I would have voted him for sixth man of the year. I thought he was as important to anything we had. His three-point shooting and what he did was one of the large reasons why we were successful. I think it's the most undervalued thing. I, there's not an ounce of me that has any part of believing that Joe Ingles is fabulous for us last year. Third ball handler in the pick and roll. Best spot-up shooter in the league. Best shooter in the league over the last the first eight seconds of the shot clock over the last four years. Like I'm not lost on Joe Ingles' value. Yeah, but, but he acknowledges he acknowledges to this in an interview about finishing his career. He says you want to, but it's a business and you know how it works. I mean right. he knows Larry Nance, he said it. Larry Nance Jr. lets us have roster versatility. I don't know if that's the right answer. I just found a number that the contract that matches. Sure. Right? So Larry Nance Jr., you'd have to find a way to, you know, do some other things with your roster. But Larry Nance Jr. probably can play the five. He's in a really interesting interview this year. I actually have to be listening to Locked on Cavs. Talking about, I can do it for 12, 14 minutes a night. I can't do it for 30. Well, okay, that's all we need it for. He can shoot the three well enough that he can play the four. He can switch one through five defensively. Like, he gives us a totally different look to who we are as a team. Is that worth it? I, I, I'm not, that's above my pay grade. But that conversation should be taking place inside the Jazz front office, and it certainly is. David, we appreciate the time and all the random ideas for name, image, and likeness and a little bit of NBA along the way. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. You wanted a little nugget. That was a pretty big gold nugget right there. We are like 49ers on the gold trail with that one. That would be a great little conversation for you. And we'll do you that. You wanted a little nugget. And we'll do that next. Stay with us. Thanks, David. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.